Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 16. Send lambs as a tribute to the ruler of the land from Selah across the desert to the Mount of Daughter of Zion. Like fluttering birds pushed from the nest, so are the women of Moab at the fords of the Arnon. Make up your mind, Moab says. Render a decision. Make your shadow like night at high noon. Hide the fugitives. Do not betray the refugees. Let the Moabite fugitives stay with you. Be their shelter from the destroyer. The oppressor will come to an end, and destruction will cease. The aggressor will vanish from the land. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it, one from the house of David, one who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. We have heard of Moab's pride. How great is her arrogance! Of her conceit, her pride, and her insolence. But her boasts are empty. Therefore, the Moabites wail. They wail together from Moab, lament and grieve for the raisin cakes of Kir Hariseth. The fields of Heshbon wither, the vines of Sibma also. The rulers of the nations have trampled down the choicest vines, which once reached Jazer and spread toward the desert. Their shoots spread out and went as far as the sea. So I weep as Jazer weeps for the vines of Sibma. Heshbon and Eliah, I drench you with tears. The shouts of joy over your ripened fruit and over your harvest have been stilled. Joy and gladness are taken away from the orchards. No one sings or shouts in the vineyards. No one treads out wine at the presses. For I have put an end to the shouting. My heart laments for Moab like a harp. My inmost being for Kir Hariseth. When Moab appears in her high place, she only wears herself out. When she goes to her shrine to pray, it is to no avail. This is the word the Lord has already spoken concerning Moab. But now, the Lord says, Within three years, as a servant bound by contract would count them, Moab's splendor and all of her many people will be despised, and her survivors will be very few, and they'll be feeble. Now, this is all about judgment on Moab. I want to remind the listeners that this was prophesied during a time that the Assyrian Empire was saber-rattling towards the northern kingdom of Israel and towards um, the Moabites, which would be in the area of modern Jordan. So in your mind, you can picture them right across the Jordan River from the northern kingdom of Israel. And so judgment is coming against Moab. It's coming um, through the Assyrians but it is divinely decreed from heaven, and it's inescapable now. This prophecy uh, ends with a time saying that within three years, this is going to come to pass. And Assyria, we know, conquered that area in 732 B.C., so it's a pretty definitive time as far as when the 
prophecy was given. It was around 735 B.C. So let's read uh, verse 1. Send lambs as tribute to the ruler of the land from Selah across the desert to the Mount of Daughter Zion. Like fluttering birds pushed from the nest, so are the women of Moab at the fords of Arnon. So these, these fluttering birds pushed from the nest are refugees. The people of Moab will become refugees. And uh, it continues, verse 3, Hide the fugitives. Do not betray the refugees. Let the Moabite fugitives stay with you. Be their shelter from the destroyer. The oppressor will come to an end, and destruction will cease. The aggressor will vanish from the land. So the people of Israel are instructed to protect the Moabites uh, when the Moabites come as refugees fleeing from the Assyrian armies there to um, show them mercy and shelter them and so forth. And the, the people that are hearing this prophecy are reminded the Assyrian Empire will one day come to an end. It will come to destruction, and they will ultimately vanish from the land. Now, in the midst of this prophecy about judgment concerning Moab, there is a, a prophecy that can only be considered a messianic prophecy. It's, it's just one verse. And it's odd to me that the Lord would prophesy this in the midst of, in the context of this other prophecy. But nevertheless, the Spirit of the Lord ordained it, and Isaiah penned it. So here it is, verse 5. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it. One from the house of David. One who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. Now you remember, friends, the northern kingdom was not under the house of David. The northern kingdom had broken away. The house of David was over Judah and Benjamin in the south. But this area that um, uh, is being prophesied about, you know, protecting refugees and so forth, is not going to sit under a Davidic king in the natural. In fact, it'll be um, destroyed by the Assyrians shortly after the destruction of the Moabites. But nevertheless, there will one day come someone from the house of David, which I assume to be the Messiah. He will sit on the throne that's established. He'll be faithful. In faithfulness, the man will sit on it. Uh, he'll judge and seek justice and speed the cause of righteousness. So uh, a very hopeful, brief prophecy in the context of this prophecy of destruction. The sin of pride is then called out and amplified uh, from Moab. We've heard of Moab's pride, how great is her arrogance, of her conceit, her pride and her insolence, but her boasts are empty. In other words, uh, she may say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all that against the Assyrians, but ultimately her boasts are empty. Moab will grieve deeply. It says, verse 7, therefore the Moabites wail they wail together for Moab, lament and grieve. And so this lament, uh, lamentations, a funeral um, dirge. And it talks about um, uh, the rulers of the nations have trampled down the choicest vines of Moab and, and so forth. The Lord himself apparently grieves for the fate of the Moabites. In verse 9, speaking through his prophet Isaiah, So I weep as Jazer weeps for the vines of Sibma, Heshbon, and Eliah, I drench you with tears. Now, this could be um, Isaiah speaking of himself weeping, but I suspect he's prophesying for the Lord. The shouts of joy over your ripened fruit and over your harvest have been stilled. Joy and gladness are taken away from the orchards. 
No one sings or shouts in the vineyards. No one treads out wine at the presses. For I have put an end to the shouting. Now, that could not be Isaiah. So it must be uh, Yahweh speaking in first person. I have put an end to the shouting. My heart laments for Moab like a harp. My inmost being for Kir Hariseth. When Moab appears in her high place, she only wears herself out. When she goes to her shrine to pray, it's to no avail. And the Moabites, of course, were not seeking the, the God of Israel. So, friends, um, the Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. The Lord takes no pleasure in this um, destruction on coming on Moab. He would much rather the Moabites have embraced uh, the God of Israel and become part of the commonwealth of Israel, but they did not. And this prophecy ends with a timeline. It says, uh, this is the word of the Lord that he's already spoken concerning Moab. But now the Lord says, within three years, as a servant bound by contract would count them, Moab's splendor and all of her people will be despised, and all of her survivors will be very few and feeble. So within three years, this prophecy is going to come to pass. Pride, once again, uh, is singled out as the, the big sin of Moab. Moab's pride, her arrogance, her conceit, her insolence, her boasts, all these things are pointed out by the Lord. And um, we as people of God need to be aware that pride is something the Lord is is um, especially attuned to and offended by. We need to come to the Lord in humble, uh, with humble hearts and in humility. We need to always approach the Lord with an awareness that He's God and we're not. And so, Lord, we pray for the time that Messiah shall come and judge the people in justice and shall seek the cause of righteousness. We pray, Lord, that the son of David, one from the house of David, would come in our generation and would rule and reign from Mount Zion. Lord, forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our conceit. Forgive us for our insolence. Lord, let us not offer up empty boast. But for those of us who boast, may we boast in the Lord that we know you and that you're our God. Lord, we love you and we pray that we would draw nearer to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.